Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. A college graduate asks a simple and profound question. Now what? This is on the incredible YouTube show, Some Good News, with John Krasinski of The Office. He's hosting a star-studded, homegrown, virtual graduation ceremony for the class of 2020. Since so many in-person graduation ceremonies are canceled due, the, due to the pandemic, John Krasinski invited a number of graduates, valedictorians and class speakers to join him on Zoom. Their surprise commencement speakers are top tier celebrities like Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey and Malala Yousafzai, and the graduates get to ask them a question. It's comedian John Stewart's answer that hits me the most. So this college graduate, also named John, asks Stewart, now what? Now what, Stewart replies, well, let me tell you, that is the question. Stewart's answer was, you're about to enter into a world where no one is grading you. Stop completing things and start living them. Upon hearing that response, I let out a startled who boy that startled my sleeping kitten. While John Stewart's response was poignant advice for a college graduate finishing up formal schooling, it's a piece of wisdom I know I can take to heart. During this time of pandemic, whether our daily lives look like overwhelming work as a frontline or essential worker, or whether we're under a quarantine lockdown, or some other reality in which we find our daily lives radically altered, are we just completing our days or are we living them? To be clear, the first priority of this pandemic is survival for us and for our neighbors. When we're ready, could the second priority be living? After the initial flurry and frenzy of the pandemic lockdown, many of us began to settle into a new rhythm of our days. A lot of the conversation was about waiting out this period of restrictions, waiting until things get back to normal. Leaving aside for a moment the question of back to normal, focusing on the waiting can look a lot like killing time. 
I invite us to move away from counting the days, completing each day like a tally mark on the wall. As the author Annie Dillard puts it, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. This is it. This is the life that we have been given. What would it look like for us to live more fully into each day? It can even be a small internal shift. Putting down my phone when I'm not actually enjoying the game that I'm compulsively playing. Turning off Netflix when it starts auto-playing the next episode. Making a conscious choice to do something that feels like living. Remembering that this is my one wild and precious life. This week, that looked for me like noticing how gorgeous the sun was on the leaves. I had already put on my shoes, mask, and jacket to bring in the trash cans, and it was so lovely and fresh outside that I just kept walking. I ended up at a nearby park just noticing, feeling alive. I thought of this poem from UU minister Mark Bellatini, which goes in part. Let the sky above me unroll like a scroll and let me read upon it today's text for my life. You are alive here and now. Love boldly and always tell the truth. Let the wind arrange the naked branches of the maples and the aspens and oaks into letters which proclaim this sacred text. Your heart beats now, not tomorrow or yesterday. Love the gift of your life and do no harm. Let the eyes and hands and faces of all people with whom I share this earth be chapter and verse in this great scripture text. Life is struggle and loss and also tenderness and joy. Live all of your life, not just part of it. We are alive here and now. Let's live all of our lives, not just part of it. The first priority is survival. Can the second be living? It might look like a conscious choice not to put off something, to find a way to live your life fully, even if the circumstances make it seem very different than you'd pictured. Maybe it's finding ways to work for justice that still also keep you safe. Phone banking for candidates you care about or participating in a car rally at an immigration detention center. Maybe it's pursuing a passion project, art or music or coding that you've always wanted to try. Maybe it looks like making a life choice, 
a couple that I'm working with has their wedding coming up in a few weeks. They had thought long and hard about whether to postpone, knowing that the ceremony and reception they'd planned would look drastically different than they'd imagined. They made the decision to have the ceremony in their living room, just the three of us and a live stream to their family. I am so moved by their rationale. They told me that if they were having a wedding so they could promise to stick together through good times and bad, then this is exactly the time for them to be married. This is the time we are given. How do we want to live it? Jewish Buddhist teacher Sylvia Borstein wrote, the core challenge in my life, in all our lives from beginning to end, is accommodating to the realities that we wish were other and doing it with grace. I'll share one more story that is such a beautiful illustration of this teaching. It's from a friend who asked that I change her name, so I'll call her Emily. When we went into lockdown in mid-March, Emily had been seeing somebody for four months. They had just committed to each other exclusively, signed up for an eight-week class together, and planned a weekend away. We hadn't gotten to the L word, says Emily, but it was all pretty swoony and great. She goes on about her sweetheart saying, he was kind and funny and we had a ton of fun together. He shared custody of his two teenage sons, sons I hadn't met yet. And so when shelter in place orders went into effect, we decided to shelter separately. We chatted the next day about how everything was going and made a plan to check in soon. And that was the last time I heard from him. I called texted, waited for a reply back, emailed, Googled obit notices for his elderly family members, Googled accident reports for him or his boys, called, texted, rinse, repeat. I waited to hear, waited to understand, waited to learn if he was dead or if I should be preparing to kill him. After three weeks of waiting, Emily told some girlfriends that she was giving him one more week and that was it. One friend said, could you just let it go now? Is that an option? She realized that letting go of the waiting meant that she would need to start the grieving. The longer I waited, she said, the longer I could still be in this pretty swoony, pretty great, great relationship with plans for a weekend away. Waiting was connection to a version of a life that I liked and wanted, but it was a version of life that was no longer true. Emily continues, so I worked on letting go of that version of life, shifted from waiting to grieving. A choice I made mainly because grieving seemed to be a more finite process. 
I could grieve and then start living again. Whereas waiting, if the last three weeks were predictive, didn't seem to have an end. In the grieving, I let go of waiting to hear and also let go of waiting to understand, waiting to know why. I decided that he just wasn't that into me, which was actually very liberating. It meant I didn't need to give his absence any more thought. I could stop waiting for things to be different than they were, grieve the loss of a version of life that I liked and my expectations for the future and start living again in a newly liberated way. Being grateful that I wasn't in quarantine with someone who secretly wasn't that into me. Grateful that I had learned early on about his change of heart and that the only rinse and repeat needed was the one to wash that man right out of my hair. Aside from being inspired by how resilient Emily is, I'm also struck by this one sentence. She was willing to grieve the loss of her expectations for the future and start living again in a newly liberated way. There is a lot to grieve right now. And also, our hearts beat now, not tomorrow or yesterday. Liberation might look a lot like choosing in any given moment to live the lives we have been given as fully as possible. So I invite you to take a moment to reflect. Think about this past week. When were the moments when you felt alive, when you felt present to your life, or made a conscious choice to make the best of realities that you wish were otherwise? What would it look like to create more of those moments? Or is there something else that calls you? We'll take a few quiet moments now. You can reflect on your own or share in the chat. What would a life well-lived look like for you right now? My beloveds, I close with these words from Gwen Matthews. Feel that? We are living, breathing, connected. We are the whole, complete, beautiful selves that we were born to be. Feel that in your bones, in your muscles, in your heart and your blood, that is the extraordinary you, the you who was born for this moment, this time, this place. Feel that, the struggle, the worry, 
the pain, the loss, the grief, it is still you. You are still whole, complete, beautiful, extraordinary. Feel that. So may it be. And amen. For our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart. Time is now. We begin where we are. We begin. We have all. We begin that we need to renew. We begin to release. We begin to rebuild. We begin to believe. Let us sing for today. Let us learn better ways. Showing love, we begin giving hope. We begin, we create. We begin better days. Let us keep this faith and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Amen. I will go, beloved, where you go, I will go, where you go, I will go, beloved, where you go, I will go, for your people are my people, your people are mine, your people are my divine my divine where you go i will go beloved where you go i will go where you go i will go beloved where you go i will go for your people are my Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.